What about the words, I don't love you anymore and I'm leaving? What about a knock on the door saying, ma'am, there was an accident and your son was involved? What about the words, hey, you're fired? Or what about the words, we don't need you anymore? And so part of a lot of what I do here at Northwest Community Church is to deal with care situations. And that the fact of the matter is, a lot of us are hearing things like that or something similar to it. Um, me personally, I, uh, I went through a situation in August of last year where I uh, hurt my neck. Now, I've, you've heard me say this and maybe even what happened to your neck? Well, I slept on it wrong. Welcome to 40, right? I slept on my neck wrong, but it was a five-week period that honestly, to, to be just really transparent to you, was extremely difficult. I found myself asking the question, where in the world are you, God? At two in the morning, pacing back and forth, can't sleep for nearly five weeks because I slept on my neck wrong. And I was just overwhelmed with, God, what is going on? What are you doing? And I know that each of you could stand up here right now and say, hey, listen, Matt, I know exactly what you're talking about because I have my own storm and my own storm that I'm going through. And I remember the end of the five weeks getting medication and finally going off. It's between that time and now that the Lord taught me a lot about how to navigate and see his sovereign hand in the midst of really rainy and dark times. And what I thought we would do before we come to the table and remembering that Jesus is ultimately always, always in charge and always in control is that we would just remember, maybe look at some lessons from Mark chapter five, excuse me, Mark chapter four, about how we can navigate the storms of life. I, I remember um, taking a look at different issues and, and, and God, what did you teach me through that time? I think probably one of the hardest things was to sit there and pray over the five weeks of having this neck thing going on, praying over five weeks and hearing what I thought were crickets. I mean, have you ever prayed to God and asked God to do something and you didn't hear anything? It was silent. And I found myself realizing and trying to preach to myself the gospel, the good news that Jesus is in charge. I found myself going, Matt, You've been to seminary for crying out loud. You know what the deal is. And, and, and I remember one time I came to church to speak. And I got here and I was just really hurting. Just, just hurting. <laughs> and I went behind the cafe and I got to be honest with you, I'll lose my man card. I cried. <laughs> I cried. But Dan Rue was there and he consoled me. Now, I don't know if you know who Dan Rue is, but he's a great man of God. And so he was there. So here's, here's, here's my point in this, is that we are not exempt from storms. And every single one of us at times are going to go through those kinds of things. And it's important for us to never forget how God has said, I will be with you always. And so that we won't, we won't forget, we won't drift, and we won't be... We won't cease being about the mission of God. So I want you to take a look at Mark chapter 4. We're going to take a look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And if you've been in church for a long time, then you know exactly you've heard this text before. I don't have the song. Apparently there is a children's song that goes along with this, 
this story in the Bible. I and Brian and Jerry have those songs memorized. I do not have those church songs memorized here. But here, Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. The background of the text is this. There's a place called the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is a place where Jesus often did most of his miracles, or quite many of his miracles. He healed people, he cast out demons. Man, great things were seen in the Sea of Galilee. The setting of the Sea of Galilee is, the Sea of Galilee is about 620 to 650 feet below sea level, surrounded by mountains. In 2013, I actually got in a boat with a team from my church at that time, and we went across the Sea of Galilee. And if you look all the way around the Sea of Galilee, it's surrounded, Sea of Galilee is surrounded by mountains. What happens at times is that there can be storms that come up and you don't know they're coming because they're hidden by the mountains because the, the sea is down or it's below sea level. And so here's what's going on. Jesus is on the shore and he's doing great miracles. The disciples get into a boat. They say, Jesus, come with us, get in the boat. And they set out to sail in the Sea of Galilee. And let's go ahead and read the text together right now. Let's take a look at it. Mark Chapter 5, verse uh, starting at from 35. On that day, when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with them, with him. 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they, they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have, have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea Obey him. And I believe what happens in our text this morning is as you face the storms that you're in right now, because if we gave each of each, if we all had the opportunity, we would be able to maybe just write down a couple of things that we're in the middle of right now. You know, they say about storms, you're either headed into one or you're in one or you're coming out of one. And, and, and here's what, what the text gives us great lessons, I believe, on how we navigate the rough waters, the rain, and the wind of the storms. Now, obviously, this is a literal storm in the text. This is a literal storm. But figuratively speaking, we each have storms in our life, and those are the storms that, that I'm talking about this morning that God can give us great comfort for. And the first thing that I want us to see is found in verse 36 and 38. And the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus is in the boat, and we must relax. Jesus is in the boat, and we must relax and never forget that. We come to the table to remind ourselves that God is in control. See, the disciples were getting ready to leave the scene of many miracles. They, they got in the boat, and the text declares that Jesus was in the boat. In verse 38, it says that he was in the stern of the boat. And I'm not really sure what, what's going on or what storm is raging in your life. But one thing we've got to remember and never forget is that Jesus is in the boat. If you've placed your faith in Christ and you stand as a redeemed person of God, then we must always remember and never forget that Jesus is in the boat. So when you get those words, you have cancer, or I don't love you anymore, or I'm not happy here, 
or you're fired or we don't need you anymore. You've got to remember, we've got to remember that Jesus is in the boat. Second thing I want you to see is this, is that God is still God even in the sudden. If you look at verse 37, it says, and a great windstorm arose. You see, the Sea of Galilee was a normal place for storms to arise suddenly because of the the mountains hiding the storm. And, And it's just like that in your life and it's just like that in mine. Storms come, but they don't come at times announced. It comes out of complete nowhere, right? I'm sitting in my room as a seventh grade kid doing my math homework. I didn't really like math. But I'm doing my math homework and my parents say, Matt, you have diabetes. What in the world is that? And so you sit there and you go, okay, that came out of nowhere, but how are we going to navigate? How are we going to remember? I praise God for my parents who basically said, we believe in Jesus. He's going to get us through this. And I, I, I would say to you right now that don't ever forget that as you go through a storm that Jesus is in the boat, but also don't, don't forget that God is still God in the midst of the sudden. There is nothing that causes him great surprise. That that storm is used for, your, for, for, for his glory, for your good and his glory. We must always remember that. I, I want you to look at verse 38. I think sometimes when we pray, and maybe you've been there, and I know you've been there as well, is where you pray and you pray and you pray and you don't hear anything. You been there? You pray and you ask God and you ask God and you ask God and at times you don't hear anything. And what I want you to see is silence doesn't mean he doesn't care. Silence in the situation doesn't mean he doesn't care. They were sitting there and, and, and they were in the boat and they go in and they wake up Jesus and are like, what are you doing? And, and really what, what I would want to say to you when at, at times when God is silent in your life, or when you feel like he's selling your life, is that your faith and the development of your faith is more important than your immediate delivery. The silence in, in your life, the silence that God has, that at times goes with you through those storms, that silence is an opportunity for your faith to grow and is more important for your faith to grow than for your immediate delivery from the situation. Because at times it takes us a little bit longer to learn some of those lessons that he wants us to learn. Philippians 1, 6 says, he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. And so understand that that storm has a sovereign purpose and a sovereign place in your life and in my life. We can't, for, we can't forget that he's in the boat. We can't forget that those storms that arise or come up suddenly doesn't mean that he ceases being God. And the silence that he has, the silence that we experience doesn't mean he doesn't care. It's quite the opposite. It's, he knows what he's trying to do in our lives and he's trying to gather us in and help us to grow and have great faith. Another thing I want you to see is that God desires that we fear him, not fear them. God desires that we fear him, not fear them. Fear him. The Bible says in Proverbs that fear is the beginning of of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so what happens at this time, the disciples are in the boat. They see this storm come up. They get get fearful. They get scared. 
but they're actually scared of what's going to happen. Here's what God desires for you and for me to do, is to have a reverence, to have an awe of him, of what he can do, what he will do, and what he promises to do. And that is not to leave us nor forsake us. And, and, and here in the storm, he basically is saying, hey, we've, I've let you see all these miracles here. You've seen all these miracles. You get back in the boat. I'm in the boat with you. You get fearful of this storm. And it causes you to go to fear instead of faith. And here's what Jesus is desiring to do. God, through, through Jesus, is trying to do is to get us to drive us deeper and deeper in love with him. And so his desire is not for us to fear, fear them, but fear him. And, and I want you to see in uh, verse 36, this is what I learned. This is what I've learned so much and so many people, even in this church. And one of the things that I want you to see is, is this, is the response to your storms is to, be, is to be used to help grow my faith. So in verse 36, it says there were other boats with him. So let me just say this. The storm is raging and they're in the boat. The 12 disciples are in the boat with Jesus. Jesus comes out, he calms the storm. He says, peace be still, the storm is over. But not only that, the text says in verse 36, but there were other boats in the water that were near him. So when Jesus calms the storm of your life, it affects the way I look at you and see the situation. My life is greatly impacted by watching how you respond in the storms of your life. I don't know if you know who Bruce Radcliffe is, but a couple of years ago, he, was, he goes to our church. He, a couple of years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer, lung cancer, I think stage four to be exact. The privilege of being able to see and watch him walk through this has encouraged my faith by his storm. I don't know if anybody is aware of Ronnie Lau and Debbie Jackson, two people who had marriages that um, their, their spouses were taken by cancer. And to take a look at Debbie in her life and watch how she's navigated through a storm and see how Ronnie has navigated through his storm and to see God's ultimate sovereignty that in, on April the 2nd, they're gonna become husband and wife. They're a part of our church. But I wanna let you know that, that, that their storm and the way that they have responded to that has encouraged my faith. And we must be aware that the opportunity that we have to allow people in and how we respond to those diagnoses or those things that we experience is designed by a holy God to help encourage other people step up and believe in who he is. My storm and how I respond to my storm can help grow your faith. Watching the waters of that storm in my life be calmed can help you and your faith do just the same. The last thing I want you to see before we go to our application here is this. Storms don't last forever. Amen? You with me? Storms don't last forever. He said, peace be still. And the place was calm. It It was calm. The storms of life don't last forever. So so as we take a look at these six before we here we come to the table, what does it say? Jesus is in the boat. We gotta remember that God is still God even in the midst of the sudden. Silence doesn't mean he doesn't care. God desires that we fear him, not fear them. The response of your storms is to be used to help my faith, help grow my faith. And we gotta remember that storms don't last forever. 
So, so what, do, what do we learn when we go through those storms? I mean, what is the application? We have those lessons. What is the application? What do we do? Last week, I took a trip to the dump that sort of put all this in perspective. You see, in, in my life, because I'm up here, I get to give the personal illustration. We had a situation in my life where it was five weeks. I had a neck issue with nerve pain. It took about five weeks. It was over. About a month ago, my wife said, I felt I've, I've discovered something abnormal. I need to go to the doctor. And it was a long weekend process because it was on the weekend and we had to go and have, have ultrasound and pictures done on Monday, a mammogram and the whole thing. And praise God, there was nothing. But you talk about the weekend before that situation was overwhelming because of your thoughts and the way your mind works. And I think that these lessons are great but one of the greatest lessons that I've learned through the midst of the storm is never stop participating in the mission of God. It's really this, it's really this simple. And I wanna give you a, a picture just to illustrate it really quick. I went to the dump a couple of, uh, last Thursday because we're trying to move. And so I've got a lot of stuff in my house, four kids, six of us, we have too much stuff, loaded up the truck, went to the dump. I went to the dump over by the airport. I got over to the airport and I've never been there where there's not been this massive line and there's several workers. And I got over there at 7.45 in the morning and I got out and I started unloading the stuff and this guy walked up to me, his name was Jerry. And I said, hey Jerry, how you doing? I'll be done real quick. And so I got it all done. And to be honest with you, my heart at that time was to say, I need to obligatory, it was more out of obligation than out of overflow. I'm just confessing that to you right now. And so I walked over to Jerry and I said, Jerry, I need to ask you a question. Do you, where do you live? And he said, I live in Gardner, North Carolina. And I said, that's great. You live in Gardner, North Carolina. I said, there's some great churches in Gardner, North Carolina. Where do you go to church? He said, I go to Solid Rock Church. And I said, man, that's awesome. I'm walking to the door as he's telling me this. I place my hand on the doorknob and I'm like, man, that's great. I bet you that church teaches you about Jesus. And really what I want you to do is I want you to listen to them and I want you to follow Jesus. And he's like, uh, uh, okay. And I had my hand on the door. I said, God bless you, man. He said, but wait a minute. I'm not as close to him as I want to be. Okay. Close the door. Back up to the end of the truck. And I asked him a question. I said, Jerry, let me ask you a question. Can you tell me what a Christian is? What is a Christian? And he gave an answer. I grew up in church. I went to church. I've been to church my whole life. I read the Bible every day. He said, and you just have to do the right thing and God will be happy with you. I, I said, you know, Jerry, those are some important things that you have to say, but I explained to him the good news. First, I explained to him the bad news that we're sinners separated from God because of our sin. But the good news is, is that Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I explained to him the difference between relationship and religion. And he looked me in the face and he says, I cannot believe it. I have been in a religion my whole life. He said, you know what? Two weeks ago, I went to Mont Lawn Funeral Home because I'm 68 years old and I'm gonna die. And, uh, and I said, Jerry, we're all gonna die. He said, yeah, but I'm gonna die. And I went to pay my deposit on my plot to where I'm gonna be buried. And I walked over to the plot after paying my deposit in the office and I stood on the ground to where I was gonna be buried. And I looked down and I looked up and I looked down and I looked up and I said, I'm not ready. And he says, I think that God sent you here so that I could be ready. I said, Jerry, let me ask you a question. Do you recognize that you're a sinner? Yes, I do. Do you recognize that Jesus is the only answer for your sin? Absolutely, I do. I see it now. 
Man, right there at the end of the pickup truck, in the dump, God saved him right in front of me. He repented of his sins. He placed his faith in Jesus. Three hours later, I had another load to go to the dump. I went to the dump. I got out of the car. I said, Jerry. He said, Matt. He came up and hugged me and said, I love you. <laughs> I said, Jerry, 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 this, this, listen, listen, you got to listen to this. We'll come to the table in just a minute, but hold with me. Hold with me. He looked at me and he says this. I said, Jerry. I said, isn't it awesome? Isn't it awesome? He said, Matt, it's so good. As soon as you left, I told the next guy in line everything you told me. He said, I got on the phone. I called my wife and I said, baby, I got some good news. She said, you got a raise. He said, no, no, I got an eternal raise, one that lasts forever. And he said, I just want you to know something. I'm saved and I love it. Then he texted me this week and this is what he said. I said, Jerry, how you doing? He said, I am well. I'm reading my Bible every day and passing my, and, and praising my Lord and Savior who pulled me out of the darkness. Thank you, Jesus. I have to work on the six. And I can't come here. You preach. Hey, and then I said, Jerry, that's okay. Read Isaiah 41.10. He said, hey, Matt, thanks for the scripture. I will not only read it, I will live it because fear is torment. Don't be captivated by your storm that prevents you from living for and in the mission of God. We cannot be paralyzed by sulking and playing the victim card in the midst of the storm. The storm is going to end and Jesus is in the boat and we cannot forget that. So let's get on with the mission because it's that important. And there are people like Jerry that are all over the world that are saying, hey, can somebody please tell me? Can somebody please tell me? He said, man, <laughs> I'm not in darkness. That's what he said. It's been fun texting him back and forth. But here's the deal. When you participate in the mission of God, it will allow you and it will allow me to wave and navigate through the storms that we will encounter for the glory of God and for the greatness of who he is. Let's pray. God, I love you and I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you, God, for allowing us to using these storms in life to help us navigate truth, to navigate and see who it is that you are and what it is that you're all about. I love you, I thank you, I praise you for allowing me over the last four or five months just to see some really important truths. Lord, to remind me that it's the mission of God that we are here for, that we're here to be about. Sometimes, Lord, these storms come in our lives and they, they wreck us. They get us off track. Help us not to get off track and always remember what's important and to be intentional about the main thing. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.